Also, happy Father's Day, everybody. I didn't even start the episode, but happy Father's Day. We, we, I'll say you, it says we're recorded. So it's happy Father's Day, side questers, and all you puppy fathers and cat fathers and pet fathers and actual human father people out there. I think that covers it, definitely. Like, I think I think that covers it of some <laughs> some sort. Yes, uh, happy Father's Day, everybody. Yes, I don't know when this is going up, but we'll just preface it by saying Happy Father's Day because it's the closest holiday to it. It'll um, be up sometime between today and tomorrow. Don't hopefully. make that pro- don't make that promise. Because <laughs> <laughs> it never happens. Put me on the record. <laughs> so, yes, um, happy, happy Father's Day to all of the incredible dads out there. Uh, yeah, you guys so, are amazing. Always on your grind, working, taking care of the kids, and finding ways to play video games still mm-hmm. somehow. So Some, somehow, <laughs> somehow, and uh, happy Father's Day to my favorite father that I know personally right now. Probably you, Tom. Oh, thank you. Well, you're you are technically a father too. You know? Yeah, you, you, got, you got puppers. <laughs> I, I, mean, I suppose the, one of those dogs takes more effort than me taking care of my child, and I will tell you that flat out. So that was the argument that Taylor and I keep kind of having is, you know, whenever I get a little stressed about having two young dogs in the house, she's like, oh, well, a kid's going to be way worse. And the devious evil side of me just thinks, well, no, not really, because a kid is essentially like a sack of jello for like the first Mm -hmm. year. Yes. Whereas Milo is just eating everything. (laughs) Yes. And can run faster than me. I was like, this child won't be able to run faster than me till at least like 12 or 13. Hopefully. (laughs) So. And I always tell her, I'm like, I could just trap this kid under a laundry basket and he couldn't go anywhere. <laughs> but uh, your, your child's going to be the first kid with a quirk and it's just going to be like, he's got Eda legs. <laughs> yeah, essentially. <laughs> um, no, but I, I digress. Uh, it's it's always a challenge being a father. And I see you guys out there doing the work and uh, especially you, Tom, you are. I got to say, you're winning at fatherhood. Like you're I'm trying. You're I'm one trying. of the, the best dads. And I hope uh, one day if I'm ever blessed enough to have a child that I can. I can live up to the example that you set. So, okay. So here's my here here's my little hint at people um, worried about being a father or taking the responsibility of being a father. Um, when you're with them, act like a twelve year old. It usually goes by by very well. <laughs> if you tell them you play video games or you act like an idiot, it's gonna work. <laughs> and I say you're already off to an incredible start raising your little one i i have trained this kid to play the important games she has already beaten kingdom hearts 3 by herself hell yes she she is almost five and she's beaten kingdom hearts 3 on her own that's impressive honestly Uh, and uh she is uh picking up fighting games very easily so we're gonna see her at evo for sure (laughs) evo at five years old just she's she's the next sonic fox i mean just to say it definitely it's gonna happen Yep. So, yeah, if and I like I said, when I am ever blessed enough to be in a position to have children, uh, that's what I want to do, too. I want to share everything that I love with them. And, you know, it's also a good excuse to get like collectibles and toys and stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh, honey, can we get this Lego set for the child and totally not for me? <laughs> right. Um. So on the topic of Father's Day, like. We're going through E3, going to be doing gaming stuff. Uh, who's your favorite gaming dad? Like your favorite video game character father? Do you yeah, have okay. any? Interesting. So it's, it have to be like the strict definition of father where like the kid is biologically no, yours. No, it doesn't. It's anyone who is considered like a father figure in the game. 
who now I'm going to be forced to try and remember things to definitely hear. Because so. I have two, technically. My So my first one right off the bat I would go to is probably Kratos. <laughs> Even though... New so, Kratos, yes. New Kratos, Kratos definitely. Yes. Old Kratos. Old Kratos who murdered his child? No. <laughs> not as much. New Kratos, okay. though, yes, has a weird say. kind of blend of tough love, but by the end of that <clears> game <throat> is like really connected and really doing a great job of like raising his child in the world that he's in so and it was brilliant the way they did that because it's just like one long character progression to introduce a new character and have an old character that they want to show that he's not just a ball of rage anymore <laughs> he's just half a ball of rage yes definitely so who is we one of your favorite uh, uh joel game fans? i was thinking joel was my second one uh, Joel of Last of Us and uh, Asura from Azura's Wrath. Because he was a father. I don't know much about Azura's Wrath, like I said. His whole story is about him trying to. Um, so he got stabbed in the back by his comrades in the holy army that they have. He was one of the generals and he was. Um, he was framed for killing one of the high bishops and whatnot of their religion. And they did it because his daughter has control over like releasing holy energy. Oh, so they used that to get him out of the picture and basically execute him so they could use his daughter as an energy source. And oh. his whole task is in the, is just literally to get her back. And if that means to murder everybody, that's all, all he's going to do. <laughs> the entire pantheon. That's uh well I did not know that I didn't know the underlying story I I've seen it like is, the, it, the cut ridiculous cutscenes of that game I didn't know it, it had is such the, a... it is the hypest most like like heart pulling game I've ever played I'm definitely gonna <laughs> put it on the backlog then because that sounds intense <laughs> I had one uh, secondary one that I thought of and I couldn't remember the <laughs> name until I had to look it up uh father gaming father of the year probably number two i would have to say goes to lee from the walking dead telltale walking okay, dead yep, season okay. one yeah takes this I, little girl that's not his and very much in the vein of joel as well kind of yeah except it I doesn't could, really turn out as well for lee because spoiler alert in the end of the story he dies and i mean if you play last of us 2 i mean i mean, I, mean I, I haven't played last of us 2 so you'll be surprised <laughs> oh great that's wonderful but at the end of walking dead season one i didn't play all the ones but lee ends up dying and as clementine the girl he's taking care of you can make the choice to either take the gun from him and shoot him or just leave him to become a zombie and that which, was just like which he shows up later if you let him sit there right i think i chose to shoot him because i i don't know why but that was just one of the most heart-tugging moments i can think of in a game i was like wow this is mess <laughs> up i'm so sad right now so yep for sure and then so yeah i don't really have any other gaming dads so okay. now let's get into anime dads you know the ones that don't exist <laughs> uh well i was gonna say endeavor's not great so uh, what about deku's dad <laughs> the deku's dad isn't even there uh neither is ash ketchum's dad he's all he just he left that, what do you mean professor oak is always there <laughs> you, you dude you're right <laughs> it's terrible uh, oh my god <laughs> why do you think he sends ash on a errand to become the master at 10 years old and you know exactly he's probably annoyed when mr mime came into the picture but <laughs> um we won't even talk about that <laughs> unless mr mime is now ash's dad uh let's not go there 
Um, but we can all agree that the best father in any anime whatsoever is Colonel Hughes. Maze oh, Hughes hands down. Full Metal Alchemist Maze Hughes, the man that should is still alive in canon in my head. Hands down, 100%. Like, yes. can't beat him. He's such a good family man. I saw a <sighs> comic, a fan-made comic for Maze Hughes. After he had died, he went to heaven and he ran into, what's her name? Um, Tucker's kid. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't remember her name, but she got transformed Julia, into the Julia. I think. Yeah, it was. I think it was. So her and the dog separated when they got to heaven. And Mace Hughes gets there and she's talking to him because she bumps into him and whatnot. And he's like, you just remind me of my daughter. And they hang out and he treats her like his daughter when they're up there. And it is the most heartwarming thing I have ever seen from Full Metal Alchemist. <laughs> That's so happy, but also so sad at the same time. It, it is, but I was just happy to see like, oh, well, these two people got what they deserved. Like he got to take care of this girl who needs help. And she wanted or she needed a good father figure. Considering and, that there are a lot of people in that story that don't really have the happiest of endings. <laughs> no, no, I don't think anyone actually has a happy ending in that series. Uh, not, not that, I mean, you can make arguments, but not, yeah, not in a traditional sense. Certainly I mean, not. Mustang is blind. Um, the Hawkeye's there. She's, she's doing secretary gun work. <laughs> That's about as happy as you can get, honestly. <laughs> I think for. that's about it. <laughs> and then, uh, there aren't really like a lot of anime dads so because i feel like most anime antagonist families are either like like they're torn apart or like dead mm-hmm. <laughs> like tanjiro doesn't have family he's just got nezuko uh goku's a terrible father just mm-hmm. absolutely awful i would argue that vegeta is arguably a better father he, oh there's <laughs> the, no argument there the at best all. dragon ball dad is definitely piccolo by far hands down yes yes <laughs> not, uh, not, yeah i would agree with that <laughs> Um, one of my favorite fathers actually from anime is Ishin uh, Kurosaki. Is, okay. is right? Yeah, I- Ishin Kurosaki, who is the father to Ichigo in Bleach. Mm. Who, I have not watched Bleach. He starts off as like a very comedic character, but it shows that he's like caring for his kids and whatnot and how he is. Um, but you find out a lot of things about him that makes him the best comic relief badass character in the series oh okay yes and uh if we're talking about father figures and it's not technically anime not technically i still consider it anime because it's in that style uh uncle iroh is uh oh hands down top is top of top tier him and mace hughes are on like the same level like that's a whole yeah that's a like ss tier top yes, definitely. yes. you can't be iroh even in legend of Korra, like when he comes back in the spirit world you're like, yes he's still, he's still doing iroh things yes if this was a gotcha game of father gotchas then uh iroh and mace hughes would be your ssrs <laughs> definitely i thought you were gonna say uh tenzin for a second but he's he's all right from legend he's, of Korra. i mean he's not bad he's not like a bad father figure but he's, he's just got like, the pressure of trying to live up to his dad being the, exactly. the avatar that saved the world. So exactly. definitely not easy. No. So, yeah. Happy Father's Day to all the great dads out there. Keep yes. doing your thing. And, uh, you know, yeah, we love you guys. Keep keep yes. at the grind. Ooh, yes. Now, let's talk about business, Tom. Business. As I think you guys know, over the last week, uh, one of the actually more surprising things this year that E3 actually came back 
and had something because I kind of figured we talked about it before about how kind of E3s seems to be dying yes. is the general consensus. So to see it come back in a digital format this year is I don't know about you, but it's pretty surprising to me. Well, here's the thing. I think COVID actually helped with that because people realized that, oh, shit, it's not going to be a thing. And then they're like, oh, hey, guess what? We're going to have something for it. And we're going to show you all the stuff you want to know about it. And it's like, oh, okay. well, now I can actually check this out. I think definitely being off for a year helped the hype for this Mm -hmm. year. Yeah. Whether or not this Did was it help a, with the games, no, <laughs> no, it definitely didn't. Because I think this year we've talked about this year probably going to be a somewhat more down year for games just because of everything that happened with COVID last year. It's how it is. But 2022, man, is shaping up to be bonkers for mm-hmm. all the releases in that. We'll definitely get to that. So, yeah, whether or not you think e this is good, bad, if E3 will be around for a long time, that's a lot of stuff still up for debate. But we just want to talk about all the awesome stuff that we were excited about and maybe, uh, you know, make fun of some stuff that we thought was funny along the way, too, because that's what we do. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll go off and kill chaos on the way too, <laughs> while we're at it, depending on where we end up in this tangent. So uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll definitely get to that one for sure. So, Tom, why don't you go ahead and take it away and just start being hype about some stuff you were excited about? Oh, OK. So uh, let's see here. Let me get my list here. Sounds like, let me put my reading glasses on and just like <laughs> pulls a list out of his pocket. That's just a scroll. It just rolls across the room. <laughs> so most of my hype actually comes from the Nintendo E3 announcement that they had. Oh, yes. But I'm going to start with day one. With the announcement of the game that everybody has been waiting for. It was announced years ago. We have been waiting. It has become a meme. <laughs> oh, what's his name? Um, uh, the announcer for E3 there. Couldn't tell you. <laughs> um, crap, I can't remember his name. He made a joke after he announced the game saying that he was no longer in jail. He could actually like do other things and talk about this game. <laughs> and uh, so we're talking about Elden Ring. Oh, man. Which people have been waiting for this game. And swearing every E3 (laughs) when it does not come out. (laughs) And I think people are okay with how long they had to wait because that game looks fucking nuts. It's Dark Souls mixed with like like essence of bloodborne in it but also like the hypest battle system in the entire series it looks amazing it sounds amazing like the combat looks incredible i am hyped for it (laughs) i knew you would be too because i know Uh, that you're a big from software guy definitely the fact that they have from software working on this the way that they are is I'm so happy. I, the last, like, I play Dark Souls pretty regularly. I play uh, Bloodborne pretty regular, regularly. I tried um, Sekiro. I didn't like it. I know a lot of people love that game, but I just could not get into it as much because it's just, 
instead of it being like a you choose your adventure rpg kind of thing but making it like slightly difficult they're like you play this character you get this weapon you don't change anything go for it and let's give you the most complex controls that you could possibly have (laughs) with a stealth system that's less than questionable With a stealth system that you can sneak up on somebody, stab them in the back, and they'll turn around and be like, hey, who was that? <laughs> Did you, excuse me, sir. <laughs> sir, you are dead. <laughs> I do not appreciate you stabbing me. Uh, I have a clip from one of my streams where I was actually playing it for a little bit, and I stopped immediately because my rage got a little too out of hand on it. Um, and I did a jump assassination, which is a ability because in this game you can actually climb buildings with a a hook shot and like jump around and whatnot. I jumped down and did an execution on somebody and killed them. On the way down, I hit nothing, but it says there was a physics block there, so I was standing on nothing on top of somebody and could not kill them. So my my rage for that game kind of hit a peak. I'm just <laughs> I like, I'm done. I'm done. That's I can't. It. I can't. I can't do it. <laughs> so uh, I I think Elden Ring is a good idea, just with the way that they've shown off the game, how the combat's going to be, everything to go with it. It looks great. I'm very excited for it. I was, uh, and I, you know, I'm not the biggest from software guys. I would say that I've played probably everything that they've put out with the exception of Bloodborne to like a certain extent. I've never really beaten anything. Mm-hmm. Um, like I played Sekiro, played all the Dark Souls. I've seen enough of Bloodborne to like know what it is. And when I saw this, it was just so beautiful. And so like, it's so them as soon as like <laughs> the trailer started being narrated by that girl with the creepy voice and yeah, uh, just the, yeah, like the, said, choirs, it, the choir starts playing in the background, <laughs> which is a necessity because they yes. must. They, I think they rent out a professional choir for like a year and just be like, all right, every <laughs> in the recording <laughs> sessions, they're like, all right, we're just going to do different melodies with the choir and then we'll just mash them all together. And it's great. Yes, exactly. This this game looks incredible. It looks like they took a lot of elements from like literally everything they've done so far and kind of like taking the best parts of it and kind of put it all together. Mm-hmm. The combat looks a lot faster than Dark Souls, but it's like not yeah. as fast as Bloodborne. There's more like you have special moves and stuff kind of, which she said relates kind of to what Sekiro was. Mm-hmm. The most shocking thing to me uh, that this game is actually slated to come out. Well, we'll see January 2022 mm-hmm. when you have George R.R. R. Martin involved. The man that's been infamously ra- writing this the follow up to a book for the last like 14 years. Yep. <laughs> Which yep. I'm shocked that it got done. And when they interviewed George R.R. R. Martin, he was saying that it was a sequel to Dark Souls. I'm like, this is not a sequel to Dark Souls, George R.R. R. Martin. It, what are you talking it, about? It, it is not. It <laughs> it's is a brand new thing. So. It's, a, it, it's I mean, it's been around. But it's not Dark Souls. It looks like Dark Souls, but it is not Dark Souls. The location, the art direction, like the music, everything just looks incredible. And I, like I said, I've, I read some. They interviewed Miyazaki afterwards, and he said that this would probably seem like it was easier than a lot of the games they've made before. Like they're they're not going to make it like super easy, but it seems at least they want to make it more accessible to newer fans of what From Software does. So the the way that they produce or like uh, showed off the gameplay and whatnot, it looks very much like a Devil May Cry game. Almost interesting. Like the, the way that the combat flows and the way that things progress in the combat, it looks very like quick, like fast paced combat, 
but you have to like be on your toes, like to be able to like jump and counter and all this other stuff at the same time. As long as they don't give me a dash ability that I have to like use to counter like stab moves. Right. I'll be okay. <laughs> that's the one thing that fucked me up in Sekiro. They're like, oh, you have to time this dash to like put the stab into the ground. And it's like each of them has different timing. How am I supposed to know which one it is? <laughs> yeah, it looks like it's going to be a little more straightforward. So I think that'll be really good, especially if they're trying to reach a larger general audience. So, yeah, Elden Ring that like I said, that's probably one of my most hyped games for next year mm-hmm. by far already. It, it definitely the trailer blew me away so i I just want to fight that redhead person whoever that was because that fight looks fucking nuts that's me they (laughs) they hired me to do the the voice acting on that one whatever the screams and gargles were yep (laughs) so yep they they used eric's likeness to make that character it's female but they made it to eric's likeness listen it is what it is it's all good yeah get whatever job you can uh all right so moving on i want to talk about one that i was kind of excited about a little bit skeptical Okay, but I'm also kind of excited about it. And this was during I'm kind of jumping all over the place, so I'm not really going in order like you were. Uh, I really thought the Guardians of the Galaxy game that Square yes. Enix showed off looked really awesome. That game looked crazy. You were like flying around and shooting stuff, and doing all kinds of crazy stuff. I yeah. thought that looked awesome. I was a little bit scared, though, because this is the same I don't know if it's the same team, but it's the same like Square kind of bungled the Avengers game. Yeah. So it makes me a little bit nervous. But, but it looked I awesome. Mean, I mean, I got to give them t- give it to them, though. They are still holding strong on that Avengers game. They are putting out more content every time I turn yeah. around. Yeah, they're probably because Disney has a gun to their head and said, make this salvage probably. this or else. <laughs> probably. Mickey Mouse just waiting in the back with a sawed off shotgun. He's like, hey. <laughs> I'm not going to try. I thought about trying to do the Mickey Mouse laugh, but I'm not going to. <laughs> Can't do it. But yeah, I thought Guardians looked really awesome. I yeah. I was honestly I knew it was coming because they said they are making a Guardians game. I didn't expect them to show it off here. So I think True. that'll be really cool if they do. It doesn't have to be perfect gameplay wise if they can nail the characters and nail the story, because that's what will really draw me in, I think. And it seems like because uh, when they. I was kind of confused with the fact that they actually showed off like a full chapter gameplay. With yeah, they, uh, the significant amount, like a, like it was a good like five to six minutes of them just showing off gameplay for it. And I'm like, oh. OK. Which can't have been easy to do because they just released Avengers and last year was covid, so that had to have been true, pretty true. challenging, although Square Enix is a huge a huge studio now so i don't i don't know <laughs> it's like square enix is in japan is like hitting that point of disney they own so much they are they're they're on par with the big boys now i would say they're like square enix is like activision blizzard ubisoft ea size mm-hmm. definitely by far For sure so yeah i thought that looked great uh, i just wanted to mention that so i'll toss back over to you um, so one of the games I was actually surprised by that I did not expect, but it still looked actually kind of decent, was the uh, Ubisoft's Avatar game. Interesting. I didn't know that was a thing. Um, but it, I, the game actually didn't look too bad. But it's I mean, I'm not a huge fan of the Avatar movie to begin with. I know it's a huge thing and everyone loves it. But it wasn't ever like a huge thing for me because 
don't know. I just. I think around the time that Avatar came out, I went and saw it, too. I saw it in theaters. Did you see it in theaters? Uh, I did. So my my buddy and I, we went and saw it because it was that whole that was like at the height of that whole 3D thing. So we went and saw it in the IMAX theater with the huge screen. And I got to say, that was incredible experience. I don't really care, like you said, for the story or for like the setting or the location or whatever. Right. I, I think that was more of at the time it was just like an experience that like, oh, you had to go see this thing because it's the new like cutting edge James Cameron thing. Right. And seeing IMAX was cool, but like you said, it didn't do anything for me. So, yeah, this was a surprise and I, I thought it looked pretty good. It does look really good. It's just I'm wondering like what the gameplay is going to be really like seeing the trailer and everything. I didn't actually watch for gameplay at all or check. I think, they just, I think they just showed trailer. Yeah, because it just shows like action scenes and like the environment. I'm like, OK, you've literally just shown me the movie. So <laughs> what, is, what are we going to do? Is this going to be Panzer Dragoon? Is it going to be like a hack and slash game? Like, what are we doing? Is it going to be Far Cry on aliens? Right. Or is it going to be like Assassin's Creed style? Like, what yeah. are we? So it just says uh, it's a first person action adventure game. First person action event. So it's probably going to be something more Far Cry than anything. Especially if it's Ubisoft. I'm just I'm scanning the article real quick to see if there's anything. Uh, it just says there be some fights with robots, some flying and some hunting and stuff like that, which I guess you'd expect from the setting that it's in. Yeah. People are saying, yeah, kind of far cry. So um, I think it's enough to pique interest for sure. And I think if I would definitely pick it up and check it out if, if the price was right. If they have a demo coming out, I will try it. But other than that, I don't know if I would bring myself to buy it. Because like I said, I'm not a huge fan. If you're going to give me like an alien storyline, give me something with a little bit more oomph to it. I mean, it's certainly interesting and the game looks beautiful. Right. Yeah, Uh, exactly. And I get that pull because everyone tells me, well, it's a beautiful movie and so on. So I'm like, great. There's a lot of movies like that true (laughs) but a lot of those are boring as well (laughs) true (laughs) the interesting thing about this game is and i was doing some research this week about topics is so we all know that ubisoft massive who this is the studio making avatar is also making an open world star wars game yes so this was the like i guess the trailer that they showed the disney executives to get a star wars game once once the disney executives saw this they were like on board and they're like okay like let's we go with you guys to do this open world Star Wars game. So whatever it was, it impressed Disney enough to trust them with their one of their biggest IPs that they just spent four billion dollars or whatever acquiring. So, yeah, for sure. So definitely look at interesting. I think we should keep an eye out for that one. So, <laughs> I love that there's um there's this argument going on because of how. How big Avatar is, right? Like how much it earned, like it topped Titanic and all the other movies for like gross profit at theater and all that the top spot from Endgame again it took the top spot for Endgame and people are like oh well why is this movie getting this why is I'm like they're both owned by Disney Disney wins either way (laughs) you're right they're not mad (laughs) what do you what are you so angry about Disney wins either way (laughs) (laughs) that's the thing Tom Disney always wins Disney always wins (laughs) Mickey's, Mickey's still sitting there with his sod off and his 
cigar and everything else just chilling, waiting for somebody to challenge him. So it sounds like we're waiting for Nintendo towards the end, because I think we're most hyped about that. So Yes, because there's a lot of stuff in Nintendo that I think it'll it'll take us a little bit to get through we'll probably freak out a lot so it's fine yeah. <laughs> we're gonna like party scream um how do you feel about the new halo oh okay so that's not what i was gonna bring up but that's a that's a great question i'm so, not a halo person i know that you are i was so not a halo person i've not re- the last couple of halos i was not recently a halo person um halo 3 holds a special place in my heart because it was really like the first ever experience i had with like online play um and Halo's multiplayer is always really good. Like, that's what they do regardless. Like, they do really good multiplayer. It's kind of been the cornerstone of the Xbox for a really long time. I was surprised that they didn't have any single-player content to show off. They kind of showed, like, a little trailer, but they didn't really have any, like, gameplay footage of what Halo Infinite is supposed to be, like, this open-world Halo game. So we don't even really, like, know what that means still. They've showed they showed us one trailer last year that got flamed on the Internet because it didn't really look that good. So we're still waiting for information on. Whatever this single player Halo experience is going to be, it's still not really clear. And it was surprising that they didn't bring any of that to show because Xbox was obviously making a big push this E3 with their Bethesda showcase. And they you know came out and showed Starfield exclusive and added all these games to Game Pass. So. I figured that they would show a lot of Halo content because like Halo, it you could make the argument that if it wasn't for Halo, Xbox would be dead. It's our reasonable argument you can make. So I was shocked there's no single player. Multiplayer looks pretty good. Uh, I mean, it looks like Halo. It feels like Halo. It's fast. It's intense. It's high pitched there. They showed a scene where like a guy like threw a grenade at an energy sword and it flew at him and he grabbed it out of the air and then killed a guy like that all looks super cool. <laughs> probably really scripted too probably <laughs> took them 17 tries but they got oh, yeah. it eventually yeah the the big thing about halo i think is this is a big power move they came out and said the multiplayer is going to be free to be free to play right yeah i think that's big i think that's to compete with the likes of fortnite and you know all these games that are coming out free to play multiplayer and this is going to go off on a tangent. I apologize because you probably weren't expecting me to go this deep on this question because I was thinking about it a lot. This is kind of the future that we're seeing here, right? So I think the Halo multiplayer being free is an attempt to kind of split the Halo multiplayer off of like the main story Halo. And the motivation behind that is, you know, if you can split the Halo multiplayer off and make it kind of its own entity and make it self-sustaining you don't have to put out a new multiplayer with every single halo that you put out it's kind of like how call of duty did with warzone warzone can just span multiple call of duties instead of having to like remake the multiplayer every couple years or every year or whatever right so i think this marks a big shift in the industry where at to like you're putting out this multiplayer experience that's not going to be every year with whatever single player iteration you put out it's going to kind of be like this is halo multiplayer this is the brand now and we'll update it it will just continually update it and support it with extra content and battle passes and microtransactions i think that's kind of the way it's going right now okay that's kind yeah, of, i that's can kind see of, that kind of my thought on halo i mean that's what most shooters are doing now to begin with anyway so i mean 
can't blame them for doing that. So it was even more surprising that they did this. And this is where I think EA is in trouble because EA announced Battlefield 2042. Mm-hmm. I don't know if did you watch that trailer? Uh, I did. And I, I mean, I get it. It's a cool trailer. It, yeah. I want to ride in a tornado. Yeah, I want to jump. <laughs> and I think they did great on the fan service where they had the guy like jump out of the jet with the rocket and then shoot the other jet and then jump back in. Like that's <laughs> that's a battlefield thing that can only happen in battlefield. But <laughs> battlefield is the most realistic, unrealistic shooter game that I've ever played. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, it's so realistic, but then it's like so unrealistic. The zany <laughs> shit you can do. It's it, it really does have like a market of its own. But I think they're in trouble because Halo comes out and says we're free. Right. Our multiplayer is going to be free. And the cool thing about Halo 2 is if you buy like the battle passes, like how Fortnite does. Yeah. They don't go away after like their season is over or whatever. You can go back and buy that battle pass and get that stuff like anytime. So I think that's really cool. Like, let's say, oh, I don't want to do the season two stuff. Like I'll do it later. But then like a year down the road to say, oh, I do want the season two stuff. So then I can go get that battle pass. Mm hmm. It lets you pick and choose like when you want to buy stuff if you want to at all. I think that's really cool. And that doesn't really create like a fear of missing out, which is what drives a lot of these games. Sorry, this got really deep, so I apologize. (laughs) (laughs) But Battlefield 2042 is an only multiplayer game that they're going to charge $70 for. Mm, $70. And I was like, okay, like we know games are going to be moving towards $70. That's that's the trend. But to not have a single camp player campaign and then to say your multiplayer only is going to be $70 when Halo just comes out and says, yeah, it's free. Yeah, not, not good. EA, not good. Not, not good. <laughs> EA not, had a little bit of problems to begin with anyway. So, yeah. I mean, not knocking anybody that's excited for Battlefield 2042. I think it's it's a great looking game and I'm sure it's going to be a lot of fun. I just that's kind of my thoughts on the state of the industry right now. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Halo, that was my explanation of Halo. So I'm I'm sorry for kind of a crazy <laughs> tangent there. I'll probably pick it up. It's going to be on Game Pass day one. I'll probably check it out because I check out all the Halos. So um, I will not because I do not have Xbox, so I will not be. <laughs> uh, I don't yet, but I probably plan to get one. Mm-hmm. Listen, uh, some- Mr. PS5, you have enough stuff going on. <laughs> it's true, but... <laughs> I got that wasn't me. That was my fiance. Know, she she went above and beyond. And then she ordered it in the car where she almost like got into an accident trying to order it while she's driving home. Not safe. So don't <laughs> love don't, her. Drive, don't drive and shop. Yes. Your life is not worth PS5, but I absolutely love her for that. So, um, yeah, I'm going to toss it back over to you because you let me rant about Halo for a little bit. So. Um, so there's a couple I could actually talk about, but the one that actually excites me personally um, is babylon's fall or yeah, is that what it's called yeah. yeah babylon's fall it's like i don't know it looks like it's team based and you're going through like dungeon runs but it's also it can be pvp at the same time and it's like it's platinum game so it's over anime hype and definitely you get like the near weapons looks like it looks like the same system as near automata where you have like floating weapons behind you, but you use like one at a time. You get a mage, an archer, a heavy tank weapon dealer, and like an actual attacker. It, that from what they showed in the trailer, that's what it looks like. 
and the game looks absolutely amazing like it it's not like top tier graphics but it's definitely like near graphics if you know what i mean if you've played like near automata or near what's the newest one that came out um near i the other the most recent near game right whose name yes. escapes me yes uh near replicant it's very oh, yes it's very similar in that style uh, yeah like, i'd have to take your word for it because i haven't gotten a chance to play a lot of the near games unfortunately. if you play any of the near games set a lot of time aside oh goody <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely a hack and slash deep dive rpg that sounds like something I could lose a lot of time in. So it's Breath of the Wild with three times the amount of side missions. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, this game looked absolutely like it's a mixture of like fantasy, but like also kind of like cyberpunky kind of deal. Yeah, I definitely but, see that. But it looks amazing and I'm super excited for it because I mean, as much as people diss on Platinum Games, I'm still going to play every single one they've usually come out with. So, I mean, <laughs> I don't really understand the hate for platinum games. Everything they make is amazing and looks amazing. It might be a, might be over the top, but I think it's because most people that look at like most like Final Fantasy fans or stuff like that will look at it as like just straight weeb shit. So they don't want to align themselves with those type of people. And I'm like, hey. How dare you say something so bold yet so true? <laughs> exactly, right. <laughs> These are my people. I will say well, what I want about them. <laughs> one of the things that I love, Platinum Games, and this was a tragedy, they were making one of my most anticipated games, which was Scalebound, that got mm -hmm. canceled. Yes. Where you, like, ride on a fucking dragon and, like, fight giant creatures. Yes. That game looks so fucking awesome, and then it just got canceled. So, I, yeah. yeah, I haven't had a lot of experience. I was totally going to get that one. I haven't had a lot of experience playing Platinum Games games that they put out but everything i see is just the art and the story and the direction everything like it looks great so i don't really understand the hate I that think, they get i think they got the most hate from when they did um metal gear rising oh because it went all the way against the grain for a metal gear game that it wasn't a, a stealth shooter it was a you're a cyber ninja fighting giant robots which i fucking love <laughs> that would explain a lot for sure. <laughs> um, but I think that's where it started. And then they released Bayonetta, which Bayonetta on PS3 had a lot of bugs. They did. They did Bayonetta, too. Yeah. Yes, they did Bayonetta. Jeez, dude. Um, yeah, I, they've done a lot of great games. They have like their games are like I the one of the games that I really want to play by them is that um, that switch exclusive. Um, the chain one where you're like a police officer. Uh, I don't know. It was an E3 a few years ago. Um, something chain. Uh, yes, let me know about that. I'm just looking up Astral pictures. Chain. Astral oh, chain. Oh, yes, Astral Chain. Yep, yep, yep. The one where you're like a person with a gun, but also you like this chain is connected to like this spiritual creature <laughs> that you can like pull out. And I'm like, it's Jojo, but Persona. Say, like, who thinks of this? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's exactly what it is. But that's most of their games. It's like, it's over the top, like hype, great, like storytelling, great, like music and everything. And I just, I don't understand the problem with it. Actually, did they do Xenoblade too? 
I don't think they did Xenoblade 2. Not 100% sure. Uh, da, 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 da. Who can search it faster? This is a game we're playing right uh, now. Developer is Monolith Soft. Okay. Monolith. Yeah, yeah, so it's not. Okay. It was listening to like, the games when I looked up Platinum Games, and I'm like, I don't think they did. <laughs> I'm just I'm just sitting here scrolling through Google Images of screenshots of Scalebound just crying about that game not existing. <laughs> I know a lot of people were super pumped for that game, and it pissed a lot of people off when I was, they were just like, no. I was, no. It was in development for like four years, too. It was like they did a lot of work on it. Yeah. Rest in peace. Maybe one day. One day Maybe. I will ride the backs of dragons. <laughs> Maybe one day. <laughs> All right. So let's just rip the Band-Aid off. Sticking, sticking with Square Enix. Uh-huh. I'm going to do this. Okay. Are you going for chaos? Uh, Tom, I've just had this really deep desire lately to just, I feel like I need to kill chaos. <laughs> it's deep-seated inside me. I feel like it's my calling. <laughs> um, I find myself wearing more black. Uh, Did you get a buzz cut? I almost did, yes. Uh, is the goatee coming in nicely? <laughs> it's getting there, yeah. I just have to trim my, my beard up a little bit. I have a giant <laughs> seven-foot sword in my game room, so I mean... Do you have a sassy group of companions? Yes, you and someone other person we can find, I'm sure. I'm sure we can get Snowy to sign on if there's yeah. shenanigans involved. Will you come with me to kill Chaos? <laughs> well, I mean, we have to go kill Chaos. <laughs> so this was... Not the Final Fantasy I was hoping or expecting to see. Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin. And I guess this was a couple months ago. We got a leak or a rumor that they were trying to do a Souls-style Final Fantasy game. And uh, this is it. Okay, so here is what confuses (laughs) me about this game. All right. Everyone knows about the chaos meme. Everyone knows about it by now. If anyone's a Final Fantasy fan, the person they're fighting against is Garland. Yes. Is this just a remake of one? In like a Souls style? Is this supposed to be Warrior of Light, Mr. Buzzcut? He's come a long way from his pointy helmet to... His, his horned pointy helmet <laughs> with his long flowing locks. And his, and his blue he- armor. His heavy armor. To looking like he just shops at Hot Topic now. Right? It looks like he works <laughs> at like a bar on the weekends. No offense to anyone that shops at Hot Topic. I have tons of shirts from there. By the Listen, way. this guy pulls it off. Why are you, why are you apologizing for <laughs> Gotta say, he, he knows his style and he does it well. <laughs> I think his name is Jack. <laughs> I think it is. So you just go from having a badass guy who's just the warrior of light to Jack. Mm-hmm. He's going to kill chaos. Okay. So I, I'm just confused because I'm watching it and I'm like, oh, okay, so they're, this is like the new Final Fantasy. They're going for more like a hack and slash kind of style game. And they get into the throne room and Garland's sitting there. I'm like, wait, hold the phone. What what game are we playing? I don't understand who is who. Like, is this supposed to be like a remake? Is it supposed to be like a new telling of a game? Is it like Final Fantasy worlds where everything crosses over. Is it is it Endgame? Are we playing Endgame? <laughs> Was Garland the secret big bad of all the Final Fantasy games all along? And this is the end. Uh, no, Chaos was. Oh, Chaos was. You're right. Because he's <laughs> he wants to become Chaos. That's right. Jesus Christ. I. Yeah, I know this game got memed a lot. Um, 
I'm still honestly not sure what to think about it. I'm playing it like it looks well enough for me to get pulled in and play it. I mean, if Final Fantasy 14 can pull me in to play it for a little bit, then I can play this. I think I probably will, too. I mean, I've certainly played more questionable things. Uh, I played all of 13. So, I mean, if I played all 13, I can I can play this. I didn't cringe while playing Final Fantasy 10. So uh, I think I, I yeah. think I think I can survive. I just I don't know. Yeah. Like what? When does this game take place? Is it a retelling of one? Is it doing like the Final Fantasy 7 remake where it's like got elements of one, but is like retelling it? Why are there only three? Weren't there four guys in the original Final Fantasy? So why are there only three? Mm-hmm. Uh, why does one guy look like Jesse Pinkman? The other guy looks like Ninja <laughs> with pink hair. And the third guy looks like Ezekiel from Walking Dead. <laughs> Not sure. The only literally the only thing we got from this trailer is that they want to kill chaos. That's the only yep. thing that we know. Yep, and I was speaking with uh, Keith from the main quest podcast. and He actually played the demo because he was able to download it mm-hmm. amazingly because that demo was corrupted when they put it out on the yes. store. Yep. And he said that it's not really like that's just kind of the thing is you're there to kill chaos. It's not really elaborate on. <laughs> I mean, they can't really pull anything. The first game had no story. It was just your your warriors going to fight the Dark Lord and that's it. That's literally all you get for the first game. So if this is a retelling, they have nothing to go on. It's like I said, I'm I'm honestly this game baffled me. Uh, <laughs> like I, I enjoyed like the memes and stuff. And I if you were on Twitter the week that it happened, I know I was kind of posting a lot of memes, talking it, a lot of shit. It was that, it was nothing but memes about yeah, this. That that doesn't mean that I think this is going to be like a like a terrible game. It might be ended up being like really well. I just wanted to I, it just created these meme moments that you just have couldn't help but laugh at. Like, I think somebody broke down the trailer and took out all the parts where he wasn't saying chaos. And they said chaos like 13 times or something like that. <laughs> in like a like a two minute trailer. Yep. So, uh, yep. I don't know, man. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> no, no. Can we I think we got a. Can somebody check on Nomura, make sure he's OK. Because lately, like I lately, I've had a really bad love hate relationship with Nomura. Right. I think his character design and the stories he tries to tell are amazing. Mm -hmm. But sometimes he just goes off the fucking walls like (laughs) insane. Like (laughs) like who thinks of a game where like the main bad guy is actually 14 guys, but they're all the same guy. And. That's not even like scraping the surface of Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> no, no, that's just the first like first of many, many problems that you have to guess and check at when you're playing Kingdom Hearts. It started Did off you... as just one game where a kid gets sucked into a black hole to go after his friends. And then you go on a Disney adventure. With mixes it... of like Final Fantasy here and there. <laughs> Yeah, I guess the thing I appreciate again about Stranger of Paradise is that there's like no sugarcoating it or no like big reveal at the end. It's no more pretty much saying, all right, like you're going to kill God, essentially. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. that's what you're doing. Now, how much would that, you shit your pants if the next trailer they show is they're going after chaos and then like Sora stabs down on his head? It's actually a trailer for Kingdom Hearts 4. Kingdom Hearts 4. 
that would be that would probably people just... were complaining with so few King or uh, Final Fantasy characters in Kingdom Hearts three that they're like, you know what? Why don't we just make a Final Fantasy game and throw Kingdom Hearts in it? <laughs> I don't know if I can do any more Kingdom Hearts, man. Did you <laughs> did you watch the cutscenes or read the synopsis of the finale of the mobile game? No, I did not. Are you going to do that or would you just uh, like, it? just just go for it? So in the end, your character, man, they drop a lot of lore, so I would it would be worth going back and checking it out. OK, but in the end, like your, it's implied that your character dies. OK, and when a person that wields a keyblade dies, they have a choice. They can either pass on. They can go to sleep. Right. And if they go to sleep, they become a dream eater. And that's where the dream eaters come from. OK, mind blow number one. Or number two, if you choose to like not go to sleep, you can like you become reincarnated. Do you, okay. I, do, do you already see where this is going? Yeah. And so your character chooses to be reincarnated, right? And then it cuts to the scene of a boy, a tan boy on Destiny Islands with white hair and black. You know who it is, Xehanort. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. implied that you are. In, in, you know, you are reincarnated as Xehanort. So, so now there's no, eight guys that are Xehanort. So, no more of that motherfucker. The <laughs> memes that everyone is Xehanort is true. And at the end, he made you are Xehanort in the end. <laughs> it's you. <laughs> spoiler alerts for everybody that, you know, maybe I should have said spoilers, but if you ever. If you King actually ever planned on playing the mobile game, so I know the three of you. Yeah. Well, you you can't anymore because it's going offline. You can only yeah. watch the cutscenes. So, but he's that's like, what Kingdom Hearts does is they'll give you one disc with all cutscenes from other games, and then you can play <laughs> one of the other games. So Nomura was like, "Okay, you guys are gonna make fun of me for saying everyone's Xehanort. You're gonna be Xehanort. Deal with it." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's that's how that reveal ended. So, anyway, sorry to go off on a tangent again. Side questing podcast. You're right. Stranger of Paradise. Final Fantasy Origin. I think we'll uh, probably be killing chaos sometime uh, later. If they make whenever it, a, it comes out, if, if it ends up being like a multiplayer game, I will be on it. I would play with you. I think that'd be fun. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't think of anyone I'd rather kill chaos with, Tom. Yes, let's Hands find down. this chaos and kill it. All right, I'm going to toss back over to you. So, okay, uh, let's see here. What's another big one before we get into Nintendo? Um, I'm excited about the re-releases of the original six Final Fantasy games. I mean, I don't understand why they're doing it unless they redo it in the style of... Um, uh, uh, why am I blanking on the name of the game? Octopath. Octopath, yeah. Right. Octomom Traveler, got it. Octo, Octodad Traveler. <laughs> Octodad Traveler. <laughs> um. I'm super excited about that. I don't know what if, if they are changing it up to look like that. I will rebuy all those games. Hands down, because I love that style. Um, it's a great style. And that's what they're doing for Dragon Quest three. Yes, remaking, I believe. Yes, yes, I saw that and I'm already ready. I know you are. Oh, <laughs> yes. This one that I know you are also excited for. Tiny Tina's Wonderland. Oh, yes. That actually, I was sh- honestly, I was shocked at that because I love that DLC on Borderlands 2. Mm-hmm. Tiny Tina's Assault on Dragon, was Assault on Dragon Keeper or something like that? Yes, yes. Bunkers and Badasses. Yes, that one. So the fact that they're doing this is, I uh, was surprising, but it looks 
awesome. And the game already has the best cover art in existence, which is just Tina with a witch's hat holding a sword and a like looks like a wand of some sort riding on the back of a track. <laughs> shooting a gun up in the air oh that's what it yep it's yep it's a gun <laughs> and if i'm not mistaken uh i'm pulling up an article real quick because i can't remember but the 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 voice cast in this game is nuts yeah it's ashley birch is coming back as uh, tina in this one andy sandberg's in yep. this wanda sykes is in it yes <laughs> will arnett so i was like damn they got now that they're doing the movie, they got Hollywood connections. They can just pull everybody in for yeah. for video games. And I'm right? glad it's nobody from the movies that they got to play these characters. Yeah, definitely. And, <laughs> uh, the only unfortunate part of this is I think we had to watch Randy Pitchford dance around on stage for fucking whatever he was doing. Uh, which I'm glad I didn't see because I just saw the trailer. I didn't actually watch Gearbox's show because uh, Randy doesn't really need any more publicity than he already gets. So, yeah, exactly. Leave it at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that looks amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I am ready for it because right. I I love the Borderlands games. The prequel underwhelmed me. The third game, it's okay. I'm playing it with my wife right now, and I don't mind it. But it's definitely just like it's like they're using three as like, oh, you remember this character? Well, now they're doing this to be important, and they're doing this, and it's like I don't care. Just give me a funny story that's also like kind of tear jerking at parts. <laughs> Borderlands 2 ripped my heart out twice. Did. <laughs> Once with, uh, well, what Bloodwing, the... Bloodwing was the first one. Oh, yeah. One. And then Roland. And then Roland. Yeah. Spoiler. Yes. I liked, too, how they did in the Tiny Teens Wonderlands in the trailer where they had, mm-hmm. like, the butt sailing. Butt the, butt sailing yes. the unicorn. Yeah. I was like, of course. Okay. So maybe they'll implement ha- Handsome Jack into it somehow. And even be, that DLC cool. tore my heart out at the very end, which no spoiler on that part, but... The way that it ends is like, oh, shit, this this is kind of heavy. <laughs> the Tiny Tina DLC, you're saying? Yes. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Because there was a reason she's playing the game and everything is telling a story about stuff. And it's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> OK, um, I'm ready to rip the Band-Aid off. Oh, one more thing. You. One more thing. Oh, I am yes, super excited that later this month we're getting Diablo 2's re-release. That is, yes. Yes. And uh, I, I love Diablo games. So I'm I'm ready to play uh, my Necromancer and uh, Raise the Dancing Dead and uh, do kill everybody with it. Diablo 3 was my first Diablo, so I'm excited to experience the second one, even though if it will be in a new... I played original Diablo 2, and I really liked it. I'm really excited to see what they do with this style with Diablo 2's remake. And I know Kilowatt's going to play it because she was addicted to Diablo 3 for a good like year and a half. <laughs> oh, nice. And I have faith that it's in good hands because I believe Vicarious Visions is helping mm-hmm. with the remake. Yes. And they've done great on the Crash Bandicoot series. So True. I'm pretty confident that it's in good hands. Yep. They know how to make those hitboxes exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, they do. Um, <laughs> one inch off of your character's head and feet. Yep, exactly. And not necessarily a square, but maybe sort of. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Okay. What we're, do you want to? What do you want to start with? We're, with? we're we're doing Nintendo. It's happening. Yeah. And um, let's start with the first thing because you texted me right away and you were super oh, yeah. pumped about it. So let's talk about Smash, right? Yes. Let's talk about Smash because every 
it used to be that Smash was the last thing they would announce as like a, oh, look, we actually forgot something here. Why don't you get hyped <laughs> about this? Now it's just like, we know you guys know it's here. So we're just going to fucking give it to you now. Um, I love that this game has officially become the biggest fighting game crossover game in existence. Ever. Because it Ever. now has a character from every single company of fighting games. Incredible. And I know a lot of people weren't hyped about it because most people that play Tekken are like, I don't think this character's going to work in this. But I am ready. <laughs> I think that's exactly why you do put this character in. Yes. I, mean, I don't. So for me, like for me, I know of Tekken. I know a little bit what it's about. So why don't you refresh us? So the just big a little bit about who Kazuya is. So Kazuya is the only son or well, expected only son. There's actually another son, but that's deeper in the lore. Plot twist. Nope, not really. He looks like oh, an okay. anime. He looks like the bigger anime character than Kazuya does. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, he looks like a Dragon Ball Z character. Um, so Kazuya is the firstborn son to the Mishima Empire, which is owned by Haihachi Mishima, who is basically like a self-proclaimed Yakuza in his own source kind of deal. Got he, it. He owns this huge company. I don't know what it actually does. It's kind of like a military slash robotics slash like mercenary group. <laughs> gotcha. So they have industry action and ready to go systems. <laughs> um, when he was a child, he was brought up with very tough love. And by tough love, I mean that he fought his father at the age of like nine, nine, ten years old. It was very Spartan. And he lost the fight. So as punishment for losing that fight, he was thrown into a volcano. I am not lying. That is exactly how it happens. Henceforth, him throwing everybody into the volcano. That is the meme. <laughs> um, because when you get to, I think it's, is it three or four? Tekken three or four, the very first scene is that uh, Kazuya comes back. Hayahachi thinks that he is dead because obviously he got thrown into a fucking volcano. But this is Tekken. You can survive anything in Tekken. Right. Um, Hayahachi is surprised that he is back and he is the most badass motherfucker that ever lived coming in with <laughs> his coming in with his leather trench coat and fancy jeans. And he beats him in a fight. Hayahachi loses and he gets thrown into a volcano. <laughs> The whole oh, thing damn. about this I, I, I just looked up his his trench coat. Yeah, that damn, that's a fucking look, dude. <laughs> that, that's a look. This family has things for trench coats. Um, so Kazuya is kind of. Do, if you've ever played Tekken 7, this is kind of a spoiler. Kazuya's mother is a carrier of what they call the devil gene. Which is a mute, mutagenic property in their DNA that makes them take forms of demons. And also gain access to demonic powers. Wow, this spiraled out of control quickly. Yes. So the whole origin of the story is that Hayachi finds out that his wife it carries this gene and it can turn people insane. So he has to kill her in order to keep everyone safe. So he's technically like the good guy of the story, but he doesn't do it very well. Um. Come to find out that years later when Kazuya returns, he 
holds also the devil gene in his system as well. So he gained his mother's ability. Which is why when you see his smash attack, he turns into that winged purple monstrosity creature. That's his devil trigger form. I just, Got I, it. I'm just using devil trigger because it just played Devil May Cry, so I'm just going to use it as that from now on. That's fine. Um, so he essentially takes over for a while for the Mishima Enterprise. Hihachi's still alive because why wouldn't he be? After being thrown into a volcano. I feel like people in this universe need to find a more effective way of finishing people off than throwing them into volcanoes. Because that's over, you, t- over you, two. You cannot kill anybody with anything because a guy gets hit with a helicopter crashing into oh, the earth shit. and he stands back up and he's perfectly fine. Shit happens. People, <laughs> people in Tekken do not give a fuck. They're, they're fighting robots with chainsaw arms and it's not hurting them when they get hit. These people should go against people in Mortal Kombat. We should use these as representatives of humans on like Earth realm to go against like Nether realm, and we would win Mortal Kombat every time. <laughs> um, so Kazuya, like I said, takes over pretty much everything. He becomes the big boss. He has a son, Jin, who also gains the Devil Gene. Because why not? Make it a family thing. More devil for everybody. More devil for everybody. And honestly, there's not much else on Kazuya other than that. He becomes a badass. He fights his son and his father. Um, he's an antagonist, but also... like He's a protagonist in the original game, but he becomes an antagonist as the game goes on because the devil gene is making him evil, essentially. yeah like there's not much that you really learn about him other than that he's a badass he looks like a yakuza member and devil he's a devil and he can punch with lightning well that's all (laughs) i need to know really that's That's all i needed to to be included in smash that's it when he was thrown off the cliff into the volcano he was five And at the age he is now in this game for um, or the age, the age of his character that they're using for Smash Brothers, he is 49 years old. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to let all that soak in for a second. That's and apparently he has been 49 since Tekken 4. <laughs> Listen, the devil gene probably doesn't make you age either. It stops your aging I mean, at some point. You know what? I would believe it because they have some kind of story element where in one of the games, Hihachi, his father, reversed his age back to when he was in his late 20s. Jesus. <laughs> and uh, might I say that Heihachi wins the Hair of the Year award? Oh, definitely. Uh, he has the balding, but also like wings at the same time. <laughs> It's like a half monk ring on steroids, essentially. Yes, exactly. If that makes any sense. This is what would happen if like Hihachi went Super Saiyan. Like his hair would go up, but it would just be the two side parts. True. If you went Super Saiyan ball, would you just not have any hair then? <laughs> I think you probably. I mean, not to get off on a distracted topic. We never got to see Nappa. Maybe his mustache goes Super Saiyan. I don't Maybe. know. Maybe. Um, yeah, it's true. So I know a lot of people complain about the um, mechanics of Tekken being put into Smash Brothers because Tekken is all about getting constant combos, like keeping people in the air, 
doing whatever you can to keep your flow going, chain one into another. But if they were able to implement the different combo style, like you can play it regular Smash Bros style and also have the button inputs from the original game, I don't see why it's a problem. Because, I mean, they've done it with Terry. Terry's one of my mains in Smash Brothers. Just because I love the Fatal Fury and King of Fighters scene, and I love Terry. Because he got a trucker hat. And, <laughs> and he can power dunk people. That's his move. <laughs> so that's to say, so now we've got all the pretty much the major fighting games covered. Have, so it's, it's Tekken, it's Street Fighter. Yep. Tekken, Street Fighter, and uh, Fatal Fury or King of Fighters, depending which one you got. So we have Capcom. Both sides of Capcom, technically. Right. And we have SNK. Perfect. So literally all we're missing is like a Sub-Zero appearance and we'll have literally everything covered at this point. <laughs> I don't... I don't... Would they do that? I don't know if they would. That'd be they interesting. Add, they added Sephiroth into the game. They can add You're whoever true. the fuck they want in that. <laughs> Anything is up for grabs, really. And like I said, I, and a lot of people didn't see this person coming for Smash. A lot of people weren't expecting no. Kazuya. Surprisingly, of all the Capcom people that people put out there for expected characters in the game, people expected Dante from Devil May Cry more than they expected a fighting game character. People were expecting a Monster Hunter more True. than a fighting game character. But honestly, Monster Hunter would work because Monster Hunter had that big title on the switch right so i'd like to have i'd like to have my over special move be my cat run over and like throw a bomb at you that'd be super cool or just give me a skin where i can play a chef cat that's all i want <laughs> that's all you need Perfect. that's all i need let's go <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> um and i think my favorite moment during this trailer came is when he tried to throw kirby off the cliff <laughs> and he looks over and then kirby just flies up and it's like kazia listen man <laughs> you can't kill his child that's just not gonna happen <laughs> that and you can't kill kirby kirby was the only person to survive an elder god wiping out the universe with a blast of light that's what i'm saying <laughs> out of all the nintendo out of all the characters that's what i'm saying you cannot kill his child kirby is that protected. He, kirby is protected by the all father of smash bros and again too we saw sakurai during that trailer yeah uh-huh. that dude I, I will. I say this every time. That man needs a cheeseburger and a vacation. He yes. always looks like he's underfed and just tired. Yeah, and yet <laughs> he still looks like he's twenty. And um, he's amazing. I would. I thought he was when you <laughs> first saw him. I, I was like, "There's no way this man is fifty. Like, yeah, he's just eternally youthful. I don't know if that's he, just because his diet is non-existent or like Nintendo he, is just keeping him alive. I. He is Kirby. Maybe. <laughs> So I just find so the whole scene of him throwing people into the volcano almost killed me when I was watching it's it. So because good. it's like, oh, he's throwing um first person he throws in was Ganondorf. Yeah. Which I'm like, okay, that's kind of cool. Like that's a badass move. That's a power move right there. Yeah, fucking Ganondorf. And then next is like Captain Falcon. I'm like, oh shit. Okay. Okay, you're going for the big dogs then. And then I think it was Pit next or Dark yeah, Pit. It was and then Pit. he his throw gets more dramatic each time. He just like puts his hands in the air as he's throwing him in the air. And then he throws Min Min in. I think Min Min was Min, my favorite. Her arm catches around his leg. And he's like, fuck, get this thing off of me. <laughs> get this shit off me, yeah. <laughs> and then he just has Kirby like palmed by the skull and just like throws him in. And then Kirby flies away. It's amazing. <laughs> they know how to do trailers for characters. So they just need to implement the characters more. Oh, yeah. They've got it down to a science now. It's 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 amazing. So we've got, I believe, and we'll just toss some speculation there for this one. We've got one character left on this fighter pass, and I think we're done. 
Yes, because right, they, they said this, the unless well, the last fighting pass was supposed to be the last fighting pass. And then they're like, you know what? You guys want more, so we're just going to build on this, which is a smart move. Rather yeah. than try to put effort into making a new game, which he said he's not doing another Smash Bros. game after this. This is the last one. They probably just keep bringing dump trucks of money to his front door and it's just like, Sakurai, please keep, keep making characters. Yes, until, <laughs> uh, until the day that Sora joins Smash Bros., <laughs> nobody so, will let him sleep <laughs> so we've got yeah a lot of a lot of guys like that have been rumored for a long time you got like sora people are saying like spyro or crash uh you've got a, still a lot of viable options out there but you have one supposedly one slot left so we'll see who it is uh i, I like i said didn't expect kazia came out of left field which i think it's the best when it's somebody you don't expect i think that's that's really awesome well he's also a huge fan of fighting games which is why he made smash bros Oh, yeah. It's because like he went through an entire like detailed scenario of him with Terry in Final Fight. He's like, I've played King of Fighters. I know this person's moves front and back. And he's like, yeah, you just do this, 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 this. And he's doing like an instant combo. I'm like, oh, yeah, he's played. He's played King, or King of Fighters before. Yeah, he knows what's up. <laughs> he knows like, what he's doing. Because <laughs> literally all Sakurai does is just probably work for 97 hours a week and then go home. <laughs> I assume because God, somebody... I would almost prefer him to be done and just take some time for himself because he just looks right. like he needs a you know, vacation. Just, you know, he's just going to play Kirby games when he gets home. That's all he's going to do. He retires. Probably. He's going to be playing Kirby. He's going to live stream. He's going to become a streamer. I'd, I would watch that every day. Honestly, <laughs> I, I love that, man. Um, all right. So, yeah, Smash. Smash looks that's pretty awesome. Yes. Um, I'll let you take it away for for Nintendo here. So go ahead and okay. so take let's... another one. Let's see. Hold on. Let me pull up the full list so I can get everything going here. Uh, da, 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 Unless, uh, well, you're pulling up the list if you want me to go hype on one. I'm, I'm a, a, I know you're a hype about one in particular. So if you want to get going with that one, that would be Okay, fun. so here at the SideQuesting Podcast, we really do our best to try and be fair and analytical and objective to everything. <laughs> but fuck all of that. Advance Wars 1 and 2 Reboot Camp. <laughs> December. And I and I've told you before that in my view in the console wars and all this winning shit is I it's stupid because gaming isn't a zero sum thing, but Nintendo wins. Hands down, walking away. Advance Wars 1 and 2 reboot. I so Advance Wars 1 and 2 are like a couple of my favorite games of all time. They pretty much defined my time on the Game Boy Advance era and got me into Fire Emblem and when they came out with this, when when this I was, I was watching the, the Nintendo Direct live at work in a side room so I wouldn't get caught. And when this came on the screen and they announced this, it tugged at my nostalgia strings, in my heart so much. <laughs> I, I was grinning like a stupid little kid like this just made me so happy. And I couldn't believe like people have been saying we've needed this on the switch forever and ever. And now Wayward Ford Technologies is is making this is remaking it and the art style looks incredible and it's the first two games and it's i i, I it was listen I, i'm getting choked up just talking about it it's <laughs> i couldn't believe that this i always thought like advanced wars was like the like the forgotten child of the intelligent systems games because everyone just cares about fire emblem yes and um excuse just, me i preferred final fantasy tactics yeah, okay, that's fair. 100%. That's fair. Final Fantasy Tactics was awesome. We need a modern one of those, definitely. <laughs> um, no, I just... 
this made me smile so much and i was just so happy when this got announced it was just it was just incredible. It was, I couldn't believe that this it was happening. And the art style looked amazing and like all the new animation. And it's just it looks so awesome. And the way like the map has like a board around it now and make it look like it's on a table. And yep. like that's what the inspiration for Advance Wars was. It was playing army men on a table. And it, it was it's so cool. And like I already know my brain's going to be fucked up because I haven't played Advance Wars in so long. And playing advanced wars is such a different experience than playing fire emblem yeah because in fire emblem you're terrified for your characters to die because when they die they're gone mm-hmm. right advanced wars gives no fucks you can pump out more dudes you send dudes to like get murdered all the time it's just like <laughs> i can always make more guys just you go off and and die for me uh you'll find out that the week after that when we do the podcast eric's just gonna be like yeah well uh i can just kill them and i can do this it's fine it's fine <laughs> um nobody's gonna really, miss them <laughs> it really is a different way to play the game because you know in fire emblem your characters are that's it you don't you don't build more characters so you approach the game differently as you do as you would in advance wars because you can always make more units so it causes you to play a little bit differently and it's it's if you've never played but you've played fi- uh, fire emblem as almost a final fantasy tactics but <laughs> even if you play final fantasy tactics uh this is worth picking up in december to check out because it's 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 one of the most underrated games on the game Boy advance hands down so good I'm yeah i excited. could see that i could see that the music's gonna be remastered like it's it's the first two games i uh, dude i'm just i'm freaking out i'm i'm so excited i i couldn't believe like the only thing that would make me happier is like a modern final fantasy 9 remake listen they're already remade one through six they probably will make everything else again just don't do it like stranger of paradise please i don't want zidane to be like in all black can you say like zidane becomes an e-boy i'm here to kill <laughs> i'm here to kill kuja i'm here to kill kuja this is all it is they're gonna show Vivi as an actual person that would that would scar me for life like no this isn't right i would i would fly to square enix headquarters in japan and just like demand to see no more i'll be like what are you doing this is inappropriate um yeah advance wars one and two reboot camp uh uh nintendo wins nintendo wins hands down i'm done mic drop walking away can, can you imagine if steiner they have steiner come out in final fantasy 9 if it was in style of origin be like dwayne the rock johnson as steiner yeah he's just so ripped a huge rip dude and you're just like what the heck is this what is happening right now nobody would know what the game is and then they're just like final fantasy 9 origins and it's like hold the phone Hold on. I would I would be done. I would retire from gaming. Yep. Just done. So, all right. Um, th- thanks for letting me hype out a little yeah. bit. Now it's my Go. turn. Yeah, I'm passing it over to you. Go ahead. Shin Megami Tensei Five. Yes, I knew it. <laughs> you knew it was coming. As soon as I saw this, I I was like, I wanted to talk to you immediately because I knew you'd be hyped. Go ahead. <laughs> so I played. Uh, actually, I just got the remake of it, but I played Nocturne a few times before that. And Nocturne is one of those games that's very difficult. Like Persona has its like difficult parts, but it's still manageable as like an RPG. No, the Shin Megami Tensei games are hard as fuck. Very unforgiving. Very unforgiving. But they also have this like way of doing things that makes it so much more unique when it comes to RPGs. No other RPG can you walk into a room and the first thing to show you for this trailer is, hey, you're this person, you walk into a demon world on accident. 
this guy's going to fuse with you. You're going to become a super soldier. Just, just, it's okay. It's okay. Just accept it. It'll be all right. You'll get these cool, like, cybernetic powers with laser swords, but it can also summon demons and all this other stuff. And it's like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm in. I'm in. I'm okay with this. It's such a, like, the art style they pulled for this game. It's very, it's, it's style, but it's so much more. Like if you played Persona 5 or Persona 4, it's very like the battle system is very like behind the shoulder. Like you're looking at the whole scene of the fight. But in this, it's like you're literally in the menu that's right next to the character. And you can feel the intensity of the fight going on. Because when it shows that first cutscene of the character staying there, getting ready to use like the, one of the magic abilities on one of the demons, when it they first transform... It's such a like tense scene where it's like, oh shit, this looks like it's gonna be pretty beastly. <laughs> um, I'm actually rewatching the trailer right now. It's such like the music in it. The uh, okay, so they never miss when it comes to um, music. I feel like all the soundtracks that I've ever heard. Oh, hold on, let me pull this up here. Atlas has a way of doing things where their music it's always going to be top tier i don't care if it's a side game if it's a mobile game whatever it is their music is always like top of top tier i will listen to the persona 5 soundtrack and persona 4 soundtrack on repeat um if you want to listen to like new age like poppy but also disco this is the persona 4 soundtrack if you want to listen to like R&B slash like spy music. Listen to Persona 5 music. <laughs> I'm waiting to see if this turns into, because the way they showed it off originally, it sounded like more of like a dark rock style music, like style. So I'm super excited to see what they do with this because I recognize some of the creatures that show up when they showed that trailer. I'm like, oh, okay, I know most of these things weaknesses already. So I know how this game's going to go. And I recognize all the spells that they had. It just like everything is like a nostalgia wave, but also like something it feels brand new. And I'm super excited for it. A, because it's another fucking Atlas game, which I know I'm going to get picked on for. Because my wife is going to look at me and be like, isn't this just Persona 5, but with like a darker tone? I'm like, shut up. No, it's, no, it's not. <laughs> it's no. not. No. No, leave me alone. And then she'd be like, "Don't you? Didn't you play Pokemon? Aren't you, you're going to play the new Pokemon? It's, isn't Aren't just all a, games just Pokemon, essentially?" I'm like, listen, shush. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. You're right. <laughs> um, but no, as soon as they showed this off, I was super excited. I'm ready. Like, I am so ready to play this game. I already know that I have so many RPGs going on right now that I have no time to do this, but I will find time. <laughs> I will come back with the Dragon Balls and replay them again just to make sure I have them all done. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, this everything about this trailer, and I, I guess I don't know much about the series, but it, Atlas as soon as I saw it, I knew you'd be hyped. I was like, oh, Tom's going to fucking love this. Atlas is another one of those companies that people usually give them shit just for being over the top. Because, I mean, it, it's most of their games the persona series is basically just jojo's bizarre adventure but more grounded which is weird to say with the way that the game plays 
Shin Megami Tensei was like the darker half of that. And then you have like, so Shin Megami Tensei is cut into three different sections. Shin Megami Tensei as the original starter persona, which solely followed afterwards, which is like a life sim slash like battle system like this. And then you have kill God, but date while you do it. Exactly. Pretty much. <laughs> and then there was uh, Shin Megami Tensei devil summoner devil summoner which is the hardest of all three i never played those games because i saw what they can do to you <laughs> so i didn't bother <laughs> um, just, just scrolling through some of the youtube videos one of my favorite caption is it says shimigami tensei nocturne is pokemon for insane people <laughs> it is so, so. basically <laughs> you are just a guy who is possessed i think it's possessed by a demon at this point because demons have taken over the world of course. Getting a lot of demon and devilry in this episode for sure. <laughs> so here, the whole thing about the Shin Megami Tensei series, it's like Final Fantasy, but not as like underhanded about it, is that you are trying to fight God or whatever yeah. deity you're going against. But it's like, oh, well, these creatures are here. Like you get to capture these creatures and become part of your team no no they're like these are demons these are demons like don't get it twisted these are not just created characters no you can you can summon a valkyrie like one of the actual valkyrie and use them to fight or you can summon this penis monster that's on a chariot and that's Option an actual two every time that's an, that's an actual character like that's a creature <laughs> you can find in any of the persona or shimigami tensei games you had me at penis monster in a chariot, so. <laughs> um, so they they are not afraid of skirting around like or they're not skirting around anything. They're just like, hey, yeah, we're going to throw some shit you're going to be very uncomfortable with. But you're still going to probably play it. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You know, 100 percent. Oh, and uh, if anyone wanted to know that creature's name is called Amara, M-A-R-A. It is literally a reincarnation of a lust demon. All and right. It is a it is a giant penis dragon creature. Um, so that's just what these games do. They want to make you feel uncomfortable. <laughs> Which I think is great. I think any game that makes you feel out of the norm, too, while you can still enjoy playing it is worth the experience playing it and not enough games do that everything and, and if to, i can play this game and not have to go to school i will be even better with it <laughs> there, there you go <laughs> amazing so yeah I, I knew as soon as i saw that that you were going to be hyped because that's why i was messaging you during the day i'm like tom have you watched nintendo yet have you watched <laughs> nintendo yet have you watched nintendo yet <laughs> i was i was so excited to to hear your reaction uh, yes, uh, I, knew, I knew you were gonna love that one i knew they were announcing it soon but i didn't know it was actually coming out like for like gameplay trailer and everything so i was like oh okay well i i guess i'll double check this and then i got a friend from a buddy of mine who is like who's the who got me into these kind of games and he has literally played all the shin megami tensei games all the devil Sur devil survivor games all the persona games five times each and he's like, you're just going to want to watch this. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, OK, got it. Uh, and I, I was I not disappointed. I am ready. I am ready to get wrecked over and over again until I get this correct. <laughs> Amazing. 
Okay, so uh, is it right if I move on to the next Nintendo yeah, thing? go for it. All right, let's talk about a big one. We were convinced that we were going to get something from Metroid Prime 4, right? We didn't get anything from Metroid Prime 4. What we did get, though, was a surprise. We got Metroid Dread. Yes. Which is a direct sequel to 2D sequel, 2D, 2D Metroid sequel mm-hmm. to Metroid Fusion. Mm-hmm. Because she is the law. That, that, <laughs> that goes out to you, man. That goes out to you. <laughs> okay, so I got to say, I was not expecting this, right? I kind of figured that, you know, we hadn't had a sequel to Fusion and pretty much 2D Metroids have just been like spiritual remakes of old Metroid games, kind of. Uh, just filling in the gaps of the current like Metroid lore of the game of the four mainline games that are out. Because Metroid Prime Four, Metroid Prime series, correct me if I'm wrong, is kind of like a separate thing from the mainline Metroid games, right? Correct. Okay. So every this time is like, they is come it, out with a new series, it's practically like a new story on Samus. So like I said, this this when this debuted, the trailer said this is Metroid Five, Five Metroid Dread, because Metroid Fusion was technically Metroid Four. And I just gotta say, initial impression seeing this, uh, I think it looks incredible. I am really excited for this. Fusion is one of my, not just my favorite Metroid game, but one of my favorite games ever. Yep, same. Because, also, oh, you know on that game, like, you're traversing this space station that's, like, been taken over by this alien parasite. And the scariest effing thing about this game, is they show you very early on, is that the parasite took over your corrupted power armor. So, essentially... Samus at her full power is hunting you through the entire game. <laughs> and if it's your first playthrough, you never know where this they call it the SAX this because it's the X parasite. You never know when this will once you play the game enough, you like know when the scripted sequences are coming, but you never know when this full powered Samus and you have like no powers is going to like show up and just try and murder you. And there's always like this kind of sense of fear and like it's a really awesome experience for a Metroid game and Metroid games always can kind of had like a interesting, not like fear and horror exactly, but like a more foreboding. Yeah. I mean, like it's very, pieces. it's very HR gear, which is very like uncomfortable. That's a good like, way to put it. Yeah. It's like, you don't know what to expect because each game they come out with something different. There's some kind of new mechanic or some kind of new creature that's there that's you can't kill. So there's a lot of things that like go with that kind of feeling. And they, I mean, as soon as the music starts up in fusion, you're like, Oh, which way are they coming from? (laughs) Yeah. This is scary. I am uncomfortable. Yes. And so, uh, yeah, go ahead. Got the same impression from dread. Mm-hmm. Because it's very much incorporating the same mechanics with these new robots called Emmys, E-M-M-I, I believe mm-hmm. they're called. Yes. Same concept where they like, if they see you, they'll chase you and they'll hunt you. But it's not as scripted as Fusions appears to be. Yeah, it looks very randomized. Yes. And the thing about Fusion, too, is once you figure out like how to hide from the SAX, it's 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 pretty easy. These things hunting you are relentless. They'll go into ledges. They'll chase you through tiny holes. Like it looks super intense and you can't do anything to stop them. You have to find like an upgrade to your your arm cannon. It's like the Omega beam or something like that, that will finally enable you to like kill them. 
See, and this is what kind of pulled my attention because there are parts in that gameplay trailer that look like they were actually working with you in certain parts. So I'm wondering if there's like a hacking thing that you get that you can like use them for parts. Oh, maybe. And they're just like, it starts off as like kind of like a horror thing until you gain the ability to control them of some sort. But the way that they had the game look, even like in the, the video trailer, it looked like it was a, there was one attacking you, but one showed up in front of you to like help. So I'm like, Oh, I didn't catch that. Is this going to be like a, like you can hack into them and they become part of your, like, like a temporary ally kind of thing. That would be interesting actually. And honestly, That'd be super interesting. Honestly, I'm just happy that it's the same company that did Samus Returns, which is another one of my favorite games by them. Yeah, I believe it's Mercury's team, I believe it is, yes. is the company. Yes. Yes. And they they took the mechanics from that game and put it into Dread. So like the counter hit to get like the super effective shots on them and everything. So I'm very, very excited to see what becomes of that. And they built on that. They have like a dash melee now, too, where you can like do that move, but like yes. dashing. Yes. So it seems like it's going to be a lot more action oriented, too. Um, but yeah, like I said, Fusion made me experience like a whole atmosphere. And I love games that do that. That's why I always say Halo Reach is one of my favorite Halos, because from the moment you start the game up, it creates this like foreboding atmosphere that you like. OK, we've been told through the entire Halo lore that all these Spartans die because Master Chief is the last Spartan. So, like, you mm-hmm. know, playing as these characters that you're you're doomed mm-hmm. and it just creates such a awesome experience and emotional connection to the game. So this is kind of doing the same exact thing with these like, you know, Samus is this super badass bounty hunter woman who is just overcome every challenge that's thrown at her. So. For her to be yeah, she confronted. Has to hide. <laughs> yeah. There's a problem. <laughs> yeah, you know, if she's like running her, for her life or hiding. You know that that, that enemy is no joke. Mm-hmm. And I think that really creates like a oh shit kind of moment. You're like, this is this is serious. Like, this is not just from playing a game through to like beat the game. This is like a fight for survival for Samus. And essentially, too, they showed off like the Emmy robots have an instant death mechanic. If they catch you and it flashes like that's it, you're done. Mm-hmm. You go back to the next checkpoint. So it's it looks super intense. It looks I'm really excited for it. I think that'll definitely be a pickup. Definitely. I I mean, that's that's an automatic. Most Metroid games, if they come out, I usually get them. And I don't understand. People were complaining on Twitter. They're like, oh, and they're complaining about Advance Wars 2. It's like, oh, you're going to spend $60 on this game. You're going to spend $60 on this game. It's a it's a 2D Metro game. I'm like, dude, listen. Most games now are $60. They've been $60 for like 15 years. <laughs> what world are you living in? Like, of course, I'm going to spend $60 on this because it's $60. Like, what, what are you if complaining pay, about? If you're going to pay $60 to $70 for a shitty COD game, I don't want to hear you complain about me playing a game that might have something different about it. Exactly. I'm, don't be mean to me because I want to pay $60 for Metroid when you're going to pay $70 for multiplayer only Battlefield. Yeah. <laughs> like, yep. don't come at me, bro. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Um, do we Metroid move on to the Do we move on to the big one? Uh, what's the big one? Depends. Uh, the game that nobody expected to actually show up at this E3. Which one was that? Uh, that would be number two, of Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild two. Uh, 
<laughs> I, I thought for sure you were going to say WarioWare, but yes, we can talk about Breath of the Wild. Honestly, too. nobody expected WarioWare either, but <laughs> honestly, I didn't care for WarioWare when it was out to begin with. So. That's fair. That's it's fair. like it's like Pikmin to me. I don't really care to play any of those games. Yes. So, yeah, let's talk about uh, tentatively titled Breath of the Wild 2, even though yeah. it probably won't be that. No. And just to, just to preface this, too, this was the last thing shown, but they showed, again, they showed Skyward Sword HD, and they showed a Zelda Game & Watch that had the like first three Zelda games on it, yes. I think. Yes, which is pretty cool. It looks cool, but, I, I mean, if it's literally that tiny little machine, which the Game & Watch was originally, I'm, I'm okay without it. Yes. Um, Take us oh, off, Tom. Oh, Breath of the before Wild that, um, I'm oh, also okay, just one little quick thing because this isn't going to be like a full rant on a game. Uh, the new Mario Rabbits. I'm going to play it. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. I uh, I didn't play the first one, but I heard it like got oh, I got good reviews and it was actually really fun. Yes, it was very fun, and the Donkey Kong DLC it's even better. I they that was where they had the <laughs> didn't like a rabbit uh. Who did they make the rabbit character now? Show Mario with the rabbit peach and then uh, there's a rabbit Luigi with a backwards hat. Yes. And they also had the rabbit um, Donkey Kong where he's just a giant rabbit with a tie. Yeah. And this new trailer, too, then they had rabbit um, Rosalina, Rosalina and the is a Starly is who it is. Yes. Or star. Whoever or, that is. I know who you mean. Yeah. Yes. I don't know if it's Starly or not. My mind's just that's, a, that's a Pokemon. But yeah. Oh, <laughs> I know. Yeah, what that's, you mean. <laughs> that's fair. Um, yeah, that looks I might have to pick up the first one and play it because that just looks it looks like a, it looked really good too. like the cinematic was like it's Mario XCOM. That's what it yeah. is. Being developed by Ubisoft to be developed by Ubisoft for a Nintendo platform. <laughs> I want to know. I haven't read up on this. I, I would like to have been a fly on the wall mm -hmm. during that meeting when that idea came together. <laughs> I really would have because I was I want to know what Ubisoft said to convince them to put arguably their most popular IP with mm. rabbits. Yeah, right. <laughs> that would be interesting to have been in that meeting. I think it was just lighthearted hearted enough for them. I was like, yeah, nothing can nothing bad can come from this. Like there isn't going to be like any backlash for this. Rabbits can't talk, so <laughs> especially to let a like non Nintendo developer do mm -hmm. something with mario that's it just means that nintendo's actually opening their doors which i'm kind of happy about yeah i th i think so too i think that's a good thing for them so new update for legend of zelda breath of the wild sequel now on pc <laughs> that would blow my mind honestly they already have that it's called genshin impact okay like, you, yep you're not wrong you're not so yeah wrong. let's talk let's let's talk about uh tentatively titled breath of the wild 2 um the only thing important in it is that zelda gets a motorcycle uh, <laughs> 10 out of 10 we're wrapping that up yep we're done and done <laughs> so i'll let you uh you brought it up so i'll let you start uh, so let's see here so i have to pull it back up and because i'm trying to remember every detail about it there's a lot happening yeah uh, da, 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 go uh, da, 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 da. so you basically start off, you get to see like the Calamity Ganon situation, like where he is, like what's going on with his now dead body. And 
can we just talk about like one of the first shots of the game where Nintendo's like, hey, you wanted a bigger map. We can give that to you. But you have to learn how to fly. <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that everything is like, oh, you can do the ground level, but you also have these uh, cities that are in the sky. So this means they're officially tying it in with um, Skyward Sword. They have to be because it can't be a coincidence. And the first shot that they showed is almost one of the first shots from Skyward Sword, like where he's falling towards the island. Like it's it's almost the exact same. Yes. Um, Now, if anyone knows the lore for Legend of Zelda, if they read that, uh, if anyone got the Hyrule Historia book that came out a few years ago, not a few years ago, like actually almost like seven years ago. Um, it has a little manga in the back talking about the original Link, the one that started everything. And the reason that there is flying cities in the sky is because of him. Because it was the only way he could keep people from being attacked by the chaos. Not Final Fantasy Chaos. <laughs> I was to say again. Oh no. <laughs> um, not again. Because there was originally the original villain. Can't remember his name off the top of my head. It's not Ganon, but it's something that's related to Ganon. Um so there are just cities floating in the sky because he sacrificed his life to do that for them. To keep them away from the evil. And then that's where the angel, which the original Zelda was a archangel, came down and gave him reincarnation, and she gave up her human or gave up her ability or angelhood or whatever it is to become a human and reincarnate with him to make sure that peace stays the way it is. So that's how there's always a link and there's always a Zelda. So I'm guessing that this is like working on that system because Skyward Sword is the first game in the chronological series of Zelda games. And Zelda one is the last game, I think it is. The original Zelda is like the last game in the series. So in order to play them in the proper timeline, you have to play the newest game and then go back to the oldest games <laughs> in order to get the timeline right. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so you thought Kingdom Hearts timelines were confusing? You just wait. <laughs> I thought that they didn't really agree on where Breath of the Wild fits in the Zelda timeline right so now because Nintendo really hasn't said anything. When they added the Flying Islands... It's closer to Skyward Sword because at the end of Skyward Sword, I think this islands fall. Or something along those lines. I'm trying to remember. I never I played Skyward Sword one time. And I can't 100% remember how it ends. I just know you fight the big baddie and the flying islands now become. Like not flying contact with the like they can go to the ground and whatnot and there isn't any problems so i think that's where that starts so the fact that there are flying cities in this game ties it closer to that timeline so you think it might be right do you think breath of the wild and this one might happen right after skyward sword or right before possibly or right before because there are people living in the world 
on the ground floor in Skyward Sword. But it's like a dangerous white wild wasteland kind of deal. Which makes sense with how this game is. Like there's just monsters and shit roaming everywhere. So I'm guessing it's something along those lines, but I could be very, very wrong. The timeline's very confusing. I don't know 100% if it's actually true or not. They go back and forth every year and if it's right or if it's wrong. Here's a couple things we do know is that the evil calamity energy, whatever it is, causes Hyrule Castle to fly. Yes. That concludes the trailer. So that's super interesting. Yes. Uh, in the screenshots of Link falling towards the Sky Islands, he appears to have like a robotic arm. Of some kind. Uh, like oh, yeah. Oh, arm. yeah. Yeah, I see that. Yeah. Uh, that he uses to and during the gameplay trailer, he like uses it to stop a boulder that's like rolling down on him and then like reverse time and make it go backwards. Uh, it shoots fire out of it. So I don't know if like the Sheikah slate just gets like fused with his arm and it's just like a Sheikah arm now. Uh, that's what Seems it looks like. Pretty badass, though. Uh, so I'm glad that they're leaning more into like that, like ancient technology side of it, because that was. I, really I would cool also like to say on. that they have a dragon head arm cannon that breathes fire that you could use <laughs> yes and i am ready to use that <laughs> yes they showed a thing where you can like go through the ground to get to the sky islands where you like get to warp through the ground it looked crazy I, i'm just I wondering if that's a bug that they just left in the game like oh they'll use it to their own uses i, I guess that would be hilarious <laughs> uh zelda like falls into a pit and then we just see like a bunch of just gameplay stuff happening so I think very intentionally Nintendo showed us exactly what they wanted to show us. Uh, didn't show us too much about it, but the biggest thing from this trailer was they confirmed release in 2022. And now not specific time, it just says 2022. Which means probably not until like December 2022. And one thing I was surprised about after this, after, you know, uh, perusing the social medias after this happened is... I didn't realize that the weapon durability in Breath of the Wild 1 was as controversial as yeah. it was. I didn't realize that was as big of a thing. Nobody liked the weapon durability system in any game ever. Nobody ever likes it. <laughs> I think weapon durability, this is where I'm going to fall on this one. Was it annoying to have a super cool weapon that broke after like 20 hits? Yeah, that was irritating. That was definitely annoying. Um, but I feel like Breath of the Wild wouldn't have been the same game if you didn't have that. I feel like it's kind of made the game unique. So I hope they bring back a version of it in this game, but allow you to like maybe repair your items or something to that extent. Listen, if they give me a shovel, I'll be OK. If they can give me a Shovel Knight crossover and just give me a shovel to hit people with, <laughs> that I'll be OK. Uh, I mean, I think one of the weapons you can get is like a broom. I know that. Wild, so it's close. You can also get a pitchfork. So I, I use that a lot. <laughs> I'm going to fight the calamity, the the essence of all evil with a farm implement. Yep. I mean, one of the uh, one of the bosses, I think it was the Water Blight one, Water Blight Ganon. I just threw the the... <laughs> I just threw it like a trident at him every time. <laughs> it's just like, yes, take it in the eye. <laughs> Amazing. So yeah, we'll have to see this. I'm definitely hyped for this game because um, and I didn't realize there was as much division on the first Breath of the Wild as there 
as yeah. there was. I was honestly really surprised. People complained because they wanted an open world Legend of Zelda game. But when they got it, they didn't like it because it wasn't Legend of Zelda enough. Which I think is why I like it so much because it isn't Legend of Zelda enough. Listen, Final Fantasy is becoming Dark Souls. Legend of Zelda is becoming open world action adventure. Times change. Times change. <laughs> and I know I've referenced this video before, but uh, Ego Raptors sequelitis with the Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time makes a lot of good points about how uh, since Ocarina of Time forward until about Breath of the Wild, a lot of the Zelda games. Now, some of the Zelda games were pretty stale in, in the way their formulas were in yep. the way their formulas. They kind of just coasted on what the other styles were. So the reason this made like Breath of the Wild made me love the game so much is that it was just such a drastic departure from what it what it was. Yeah. And I think that, like I said, it's the same thing. I value games that do that, that make me love a franchise. It's the same thing with God of War. The new God of War made me love those characters so much that it was just such an incredible experience. Whereas I really didn't like the older God of Wars. Mm -hmm. They were they were OK, but the new one was just like, holy shit. Yeah. So um, this is by far, in a way, one of my most anticipated games for next year. Hands down. Agreed. And it just blows my mind to think that we're going to get Elden Ring and Breath of the Wild 2 next year. That's nuts. <laughs> my time will be very much taken up. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's literally the only two games we're going to have time to play next year. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, that. I have to find time for Shin Megami Tensei. Sorry. Oh, dude, you're <laughs> <laughs> sounds like you're booked. <laughs> I'm booked. Uh, sorry, no more podcasts for the rest of 2022. Uh, we'll just do one 17 hour episode at the end of 2022. <laughs> wrap up everything <laughs> we, we didn't sleep for the entire year we just no. played those games to finish them 100 percent, and then we'll come on and be like so fuck rpgs just saying well, who knows too because we might still get uh horizon forbidden west oh god that i'm probably definitely gonna pick up yep uh, yep i know that one <laughs> and who else know who else knows what kind of surprises we have for for next year i mean starfield's gonna be next year and that's mm -hmm. essentially just skyrim in space supposedly which yep. i guess if you're describing what your game is like skyrim in space is probably pretty <laughs> pretty much head on as to what that game was gonna be uh so, yeah, next year is looking to be very, 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 very full already. Yes. And, so, uh, so and that's only with like three or four games. And <laughs> yes. out of the entire E3 thing, that's like three or four games. Uh, amazing. Incredible. Next year's shaping up to be awesome. So, all right. So let's uh, wrap it up here because we've been yep. going for like almost two hours, which yep. is a good discussion. Um two things that I was really surprised that we didn't hear anything about. Right. Metroid prime four. Mm -hmm. well, they, they kind of did. They said it was kind of like the breath of the wild thing last year. They said that they know that people are anticipating um, Metroid prime four, but in the meantime, while that's in production, we have this, which is when dread showed up. Right. Which was fine. I just, yep. it was nice to hear that that game hasn't been just trash canned. Which yes. is which is good because like, like scale bound. <laughs> I'm talking my heartstrings, man. So I suppose that's good. It, it was concerning just because I know that they basically had to like restart development on that game with a separate studio. Yep. So that was a little concerning, but it's good to know that's still being worked on. And then um, 
Bayonetta 3, which I thought we might have a chance to hear something about. Um, but the guy who's making that, I don't remember what his name is. Um, that's also Platinum Games, too, isn't it? Yes, it is. Okay. So he he pretty much went off on everybody. He was asking him about it and he's like, no, stop saying that this is... Uh, he went on Twitter. It's Hideki uh, Kamiya. Sorry. Yes. Um, he went on Twitter and was just saying, "Is like your rumors and your what things you're saying about this game being in trouble are like just pollution." Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's essentially what he said. I'm like, "Damn, he was going off on people." Yeah. Um, he he does not pull punches. He will rip you a new one. <laughs> which I appreciate that. That's I appreciate his honesty. Mm-hmm. And he pretty much just said, "Like, no, the game's progressing. Like, everything's going fine. It's just you know." It's a, a people. A, it's a big game. B. It takes a little while. <laughs> yeah, people seem to forget that sometimes game development is like a multi-year thing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, just be patient. That'll come. Um, is there anything that you were expecting to be here that wasn't here? Um, I was kind of expecting to see more for like. Uh, no more heroes three because they they announced it last year but they didn't they haven't really done anything else with it right i know they're working on it but i haven't really heard much else about it since then and i'm waiting for that game too (laughs) you got a full Um, year next year man yep and i'm sure pokemon will come out with their own thing here soon because they always every time after e3 they always have like a pokemon centric um update um, they did have Pokemon Unite. Is that what it is? The MMO? Ah, yes. Pokemon League of Legends. Yes. Pokemon League of Legends. That game, <laughs> which I probably will end up playing just because. Same. But um, I I'm kind of want like a. I don't know, like a new like Mega Man series or like a remake to like the Battle Network games or something like that. But I know we probably won't ever do that because they see Mega Man as a dead um, IP now, pretty much. Right. Well, they did. Uh, wasn't it the Mighty Number no. Nine? I think it was like supposed to be this spiritual successor kickstarted on. Yeah, and then they came out with Mega Man Eleven, which was like a hundred times better than Mighty Number no. Nine. Right. <laughs> what I would really love is a, although maybe this game doesn't need to be remade, uh, a modern remake of Mega Man X. I think that would be mm-hmm. Agreed. amazing. That Agreed. would be cool. Uh, I would still play it. So, yep. but I mean, I still, right. play it. I still play it pretty often. <laughs> that's, um, that's Capcom, correct? Yes. They've got, they're probably doing enough between, you know, releasing, a, releasing a new Resident monster Evil. every week. <laughs> yes. And, and that was one of the things people were complaining about too, which doesn't really make any sense. They were like, oh, Capcom didn't really have anything. I'm like, you realize they just released two giant games this year, right? Mm-hmm. Like they released Rise and Resident Evil Village. It's like probably half of what they're currently working on. Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. So, so you can't expect them to come with anything new, especially during a COVID year when they just released two of their biggest games. So um, what was the other thing? I think they said they were doing... There was another game that was announced recently. I want to say there was a new Sonic title that was being announced. Yes, but I think they did that in their own Sonic 30th anniversary thing. That was like a couple weeks before E3. Oh, and they have that other game that uh, Pragmata that they had announced as well. Oh, yes. The one that was like the 
acid trip of a trailer <laughs> that came out last year. The one where the guy's in the spacesuit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fighting the uh, giant tendril monster thing. Yeah, that. Yes. So, I mean, they're working on a lot of stuff behind the curtains, but there's just so much shit going on. Right. But as of this year, they're killing it. And they just had a huge crossover with Dead by Daylight. True. One thing uh, I'll I'll mention this and then Mm -hmm. we can kind of wrap it up here. Um, Because I forgot to mention it when we touched on Xbox a little bit. Mm Mm-hmm. Did you see the Forza Horizon 5 trailer? Yeah. Uh, I'm not a big Forza guy. Me either. But that game looks <laughs> incredible. <laughs> like, there were times when they were showing off the graphics for that game, and I I was like, this is a real picture. Yep, There's, they do that quite a bit. Every year it's like, oh, this is a real car. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I gotta admit, I'm not a Forza fan by any means, but, like, God, they've, they're pushing the boundaries of... Mm-hmm what you can make and what looks real like see that that is one thing i will always give to racing games and to sports games they always make it so everything looks so goddamn realistic yeah it it's been those games have always kind of been on the forefront of pushing what's possible in terms of realism for sure yeah so yeah if i maybe i'd check it out if i ever got game pass maybe i don't know we'll see it's always nice going for a little drive you know i will not <laughs> <laughs> I'm still That's waiting fair. for my realistic Euro truck simulator. <laughs> Forza truck simulator. Forza truck simulator. Forza trucks. Let's make it happen. Uh, whatever company makes that. Xbox. Let's make it happen. Don't know the developer name, but let's make it happen. Okay. That was a good episode. Excellent talk on E3. Went yes. way longer than I thought it was, but it was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Um, one thing we didn't get to talk about, which I might spin off in make its own episode is we talked about the games um something that is important for e3 especially this e3 is it gives you a good pulse as to where the industry stands Mm -hmm. and that's something interesting that we didn't get to talk about so maybe we'll talk about that a little bit next week just kind of see which i will be here yes uh i will be too i might be slightly hungover because my, my buddy's bachelor party is the night before um but I'll be here. <laughs> I was I was asked if I wanted Saturday, Sunday, and Monday off, and I'm like, yeah, yes, let's, please, let's do that. So I Give might also me. be bringing drinks. <laughs> <laughs> Tom and I are just gonna be wandering into the next episode. Just be like, oh, this is a side questing podcast episode. <laughs> you ever 20, have an 23. episode? You ever have an episode where you talk about drinking games? You know that guy. <laughs> you know that guy, Mario. He he eats a mushroom and he gets all big. He was a plumber. What's up with that? Ooh, he thinks he's <laughs> big shit, but he's just a plumber. <laughs> he goes down on a tube and he fights some dinosaurs, man. That's a dinosaur? Oh, he, I don't know. He, he eats a feather and becomes a raccoon. <laughs> that makes no sense. Uh, so look forward to that next week. That'll be fun. Um, but as for everything else, uh, Tom, where can the people find you at? Uh, you can find me at twitter.com forward slash red rival. 26 or you can find me on twitch.com or twitch.tv sorry twitch.tv forward slash red rival 26 where i do a little bit of everything sadly monster hunt mondays is currently still on delay true we still need to find time to do that off stream though (laughs) yes we do um um, stupid capture card bullshit (laughs) um i do games and i do card openings and all this other stuff on twitch uh i do have a tiktok as well 
under Red Rival 26, where I do some card openings and some stupid videos. Branching out. There. Just to do some more corporate side things, I guess. Yep. <laughs> totally um, understandable. But yeah, those, that's where you can pretty much find me. So I am at, uh, guess what? I've changed my Twitter handle for the third time this year. <laughs> I noticed. Su- surprisingly. <laughs> uh, you can find me. I have to check and make sure uh, I am at the one true sire. That is my personal account um, mm-hmm. just because I, I wanted to have a uh, Twitter handle that inflated my ego even more than it needed to be. <laughs> um, we are on. If you want to follow the podcast on Twitter is at pod SideQuest. Um, and then we are also on Instagram where I interact with a lot of different people uh, at SideQuesting podcast, just mm-hmm. SideQuesting podcasts, all one word, no fancy symbols in there. Uh, and then if you want to email us, so waiting for the first person to email us, sidequestingpodcast at gmail.com. Um, not going to lie. It wasn't until like a couple weeks after you told me you're going back to your old name. I'm like, I had a total Alucard moment with your name. And I'm like, oh, really? I'm like, where does Sire come from? Why is it spelled like this? And I'm looking at it. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, that was I, I'm not as cool as Alucard, unfortunately, but uh yeah, that was that was my original my original like when you first had gamer tags mm-hmm. thing with 360. Um, that was like my first name because mm-hmm. I was just like not creative and I didn't want something stupid. So I was like, oh, well, like, my name backwards is kind of like sire, like a king. And I was mm-hmm. kind of like full of myself and thought I was the shit. Uh, so, yeah, I did that. Um, but then what ended up happening was with my 360 account, my 360 account got all messed up. Mm-hmm. I had like parental controls on, but also like not parental controls on at the same time. So I like I could play M rated games, but like not turn off any of the parental controls that would, like restrict me from playing with people. It was really it was bizarre. Oh, really? And I called Microsoft and even Microsoft was like, we have no idea what's going on. Like your account's just effed up. And I was like, <laughs> great. That's awesome. <laughs> so I had I went with the Riptide and then I was just like, ah, you know, go back to your roots. You know, it's been long enough. Yep, exactly. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, thanks for tuning in as always. Happy Father's Day. Yes. Happy Father's Day, everybody. And uh, we will catch you on the next episode. Later. Ah.